guess what recent Naval Academy acquisition took 36,000 hours to build and a crane to move into place? On this episode of A History of the Navy in 100 Objects, we take a look at the largest ship model in the Naval Academy's world-class collection. We are joined by the superintendent of the Naval Academy, a ship model enthusiast himself, for the details. Uh, so my name is Vice Admiral Ted Carter. I'm the superintendent here at the United States Naval Academy. I took over on uh, 23 July 2014. Uh, so this model of the USS Forrestal uh, was contributed and donated to the Naval Academy by Mr. Jerry Shaw, uh, arguably the greatest aircraft model ever put together. Uh, it's 12 feet long. Uh, it's built in a 1 to 12 scale, uh, 36,000 hours to put together, valued at over $2.6 million. Uh, it is a, a remarkable piece of work where just about everything on board that uh, model works from the elevators to the radar spinning to the lights going on to the propellers moving. Uh, it's just a remarkable model uh, and we're very fortunate to have it at the Naval Academy. Vice Admiral Carter is our resident expert on the aircraft carrier. A 1981 graduate of the Naval Academy, he was designated a Naval Flight Officer in September of 1982. He has been involved in carrier aviation since his first carrier landing in August of 1983 until just a few years ago when he was the strike group commander on USS Enterprise for her final combat deployment the only naval aviator of any designator to have the distinction of over 2,000 carrier landings, Admiral Carter has spent over 30 years of active duty service involved in carrier aviation. Yeah, the thing I would tell people is uh, the carrier is a living, breathing community. It also happens to be a tactical airport, uh, and all rolled into one. So the story that sticks out in my mind is one that doesn't hardly ever get talked about. Uh, and it isn't about necessarily launching and landing on a carrier in a pitching deck at night. I think those get pretty well documented. Uh, if you go back and think about what was happening in the summer of 1990, uh, when Saddam Hussein took his army and invaded into the country of Kuwait, uh, it was a shocking event to all of us in the military. So on the morning of 4 August, when we first understood what happened, I was on board the USS Independence. So as we were just talking about the Forrestal, Independence was the fourth in the series of Forrestal class carriers. So this is CV-62. So we were out there with our carrier air wing, air wing 14. Uh, again, about uh, 80 airplanes, 5,000 men and women on board that ship. On the morning of 4 August, we were off the coast of Diego Garcia long, long way from the Gulf of Oman and certainly the Strait of Hormuz or inside the Arabian Gulf. We were directed that day to make best speed to get up there to be the first on-station response to that invasion. That carrier turned around, all airplanes on board, and made better than 30 knots and was up inside the Gulf literally days later. Now, as a young lieutenant, I was not very old back then, uh, I was part of an initial planning team to formulate a response that the country of Iraq would see to know that there was a carrier presence there. So on the 10th of August, just literally less than a week from the invasion, uh, there was a probe mission launched from the Gulf of Oman across the countries of UAE and Oman into the Gulf and into Iraqi radar airspace. And at that time, the Iraqi army had uh, 
formed up on the border of Saudi Arabia. Uh, nobody knew what was going to happen. There were no U.S. forces of any numbers there to prevent him from crossing that line. We'll never know exactly why he didn't go into Saudi Arabia, but we do know this, that the first significant response was an aircraft carrier that got there within days with a full-size carrier air wing, and the Iraqi army paused. And then the Air Force started to show up, our ground force started to show up. So that part of Operation Desert Shield started off with an aircraft carrier that could move so fast, be at the right place at the right time, and ready to do whatever was tasked. Ship models like the ones in the Naval Academy Museum need constant maintenance to be preserved. At the museum, you can see the conservatory lab in the basement and may even catch some volunteers working on the models. Years ago, you could find Admiral Carter hunched over some of those models himself. Yes, I've been to the, uh, the ship model and the ship repair uh, facility in our museum, and uh, I'm in awe of that because uh, like a lot of young uh, boys and girls of age, I built models uh, many, many years ago, and of course, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the plastic model building era. So I built everything from fighter jets to hot rod cars to sailing ships to aircraft carriers themselves. Uh, so when I got here to the Naval Academy, the opportunity to uh, be on a small team, to go over to the museum and be part of that uh, ship repair facility where they would allow midshipmen to uh, even be in the same room with some of those models was pretty exciting to me back in the day. We hope you can check out this model for yourself on your next visit to the Naval Academy. Thanks for joining us today on A History of the Navy in 100 Objects.